Savior God, you've gifted us with the Holy Spirit as our advocate and guide. Open us to the Spirit's breath. Carry us on wings of your wisdom. Set us on the solid foundation of your word, read and proclaimed. May we hear the truth you intend for us today. Amen. First reading today is Psalm 16. Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble ones, in whom is all my delight. Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and cup. You hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to shell or let your faithful ones see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is the good news we have received, in which we stand, and by which we are saved. Thanks be to God. Our gospel reading for this morning picks up right where we left off from last week, John chapter 20, starting in verse 19. Listen for what the Spirit is speaking today. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let's pray. Alpha and Omega, our beginning and our end. You break through the locks of gated communities and hardened hearts. Accept our doubts. Heal our desire for certainty. And by your Spirit's gentle touch, make us a people forgiven and forgiving. Through Jesus Christ, the giver of peace. Amen. My favorite scar, 
kind of hard to see, but it's still there. It's right here above my left eye. And I got it when I was a carny. You heard that right. As a teenager and in college, I worked as a carny selling corn dogs at fairs throughout the Midwest. Like ministry, it also happens to be a family business. And one night on the, uh, the very last night of the Heart of Illinois Fair in Peoria, Illinois, as you're shutting things down, nights drawing to a close, you're preparing to move on to the next fair. And so I was getting our food trailer ready to go, and my boss, Kevin, had said not to use the window locks, but instead to take them out of the tracks and place them safely in the truck. But I thought I was getting them to work, and so I was fiddling with one of the window locks, and right as I thought I had it working properly, one of the windows slipped out of the track and got me right there above the eye. And I didn't even really feel any pain, to be honest with you. But then I looked at Josh, my coworker, who was staring not at my eyes, but just above my eyes, saying, Oh, no! And I realized, oh, maybe something's happened here. And my body began to realize that, oh, there is a little bit of pain. And so after a uh, trip to the uh, Grace Presbyterian Hospital in Peoria, I was stitched back up. And don't worry, I was serving corn dogs again in no time. <laughs> the few scars that I have on my body make for good stories and little more. But I have other scars, too. Ones that you can't see but still remain. And I bet you do too. Scars are the marks that remain on our bodies from the wounds of our past. Some of them are visible, others are invisible. But they tell the story of who we are and where we've been. And sometimes those stories can be told with a smile on our faces. Other times the stories can't even be recalled much less recounted, without the pain coming right back to the surface. We are living in a time when people are speaking more freely about their wounds. Uh, Bezel van der Kolk's 2014 book, The Body Keeps the Score, has been an unlikely bestseller for many years now. Uh, van der Kolk worked with Vietnam veterans as a trauma therapist, and he and his co-workers actually coined the phrase and the diagnosis post-traumatic stress disorder. Most of us associate PTSD with uh, war or acts of terror, but most trauma occurs in the home, in our schools, in our neighborhoods. The CDC calculates that childhood trauma is our single largest public health issue, costing more in the long run than cancer or heart disease. It is ubiquitous, and it is preventable. And even when our mind tries to forget what happened, our bodies still bear the wounds of our past. The body keeps the score. Now, Christians have so normalized the crucifixion that we forget how traumatizing it really was. Crucifixion by design was intended to traumatize not just the person hanging there, but everyone who was watching as well. And the message that the Roman Empire sent through crucifixion was quite simple. This is what happens to those who resist. It's 
the same message that was communicated by lynchings in our country. It wasn't just the victim who was traumatized. It was the entire black community who was told, this is what happens to you when you resist white supremacy. And this is where hymns, even hymns that I love, like When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, they can become problematic. By making the cross into jewelry, artwork, by making it into an object of adoration, we can too easily forget that crucifixion was first and foremost a traumatizing event of political oppression. And so those who witnessed it, they needed healing. Having already appeared to Mary Magdalene on Easter morning, the risen Christ now appears to the rest of his disciples, everybody but one. They've heard the story that Mary told them, and yet they're still afraid, and they're hiding behind locked doors. And the reason they're behind locked doors is because they understood the message that was being sent to them. Get in line, or you'll be next. And they didn't want to be next. So they did what all of us do when we're traumatized and afraid. They hid. And I don't blame them. But the risen Christ has no problem finding us when we are afraid. He just appeared among them. You might wonder, how did that happen? Weren't the doors locked? Can he move through walls now? Well, apparently. The risen Christ goes, normal, goes places that normal people cannot. He appears to his traumatized disciples and he says, Peace be with you. And then he shows them his hands and his side. Think, why does he do that? Well, I think his scars assure them that it's really him. And so they see him and they rejoice. And of all the things that Jesus could have said to this group of disciples who had abandoned him in his hour of need, he says, peace be with you. Uh, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And shalom is not uh, merely the absence of conflict. Shalom is not like Roman peace, which is enforced through the threat of violence. Now, shalom is about wholeness. It's about integration. Shalom is life as it is meant to be. Life that is not ruled by fear, but is free to love. It's a life that is free to live in the present and not controlled by the traumas of our past. And this is what Jesus wants for his disciples. This is what Jesus wants for you and me as well. See, trauma is so damaging because the events of the past do not stay in the past. They, they haunt us in the present. And they prevent us, they block us from wholeness and from shalom. And so the promise of resurrection is that as awful as trauma is, it can be integrated. Our wounds can heal and become scars. And so Jesus, showing the disciples his wounds, speaking words of peace, is an image of someone who has integrated their trauma. And when that happens, you might call it resurrection. It's incredible and I think unexpected that 
the risen Christ still bears scars. The body keeps the score. The past happened. Resurrection doesn't erase or overlook the past. It integrates it. And so the trauma is part of your story, but it no longer controls your future. And one of the ways that we move towards peace and integration is by showing our scars, sharing our trauma stories with trusted people who are worthy to receive it. It's really the same thing we saw last week with Mary Magdalene weeping in the garden, that when we share our grief with others, we begin to move toward resurrection. It doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen. When I was working through some of my unseen scars with my old supervisor, Susan, I asked her, will this ever be over? Because by the time I had met her, I had actually been telling some of these stories to trusted people in my life for more than 10 years, and yet it still hurt. So I asked, will this ever end? She said clearly and confidently, yes, it will end. But it takes as long as it takes. And so you keep sharing your story until your wounds heal and become a scar. And you know what? She was right. I did heal. I actually healed in her presence. And that's been 10 years now. And the wounds don't hurt anymore. They're just part of my story. And I know that not all wounds are created equal and some heal easier than others. But the hope of the resurrection is that shalom is possible. Even on the far side of crucifixion. And so besides speaking peace and showing his scars, Jesus gives us two more paths to wholeness. The first is breathing. He breathes on his disciples and says, Receive the Holy Spirit. Well, the word for spirit in both Greek and Hebrew, it means breath. The very basis of our life. It recalls God breathing life into the first human, formed of the dirt but animated by divine breath. And so to receive the Holy Spirit means, among other things, to return to this most basic function of life. And those who work in trauma, one of the first things they often teach you is that when you are being haunted by the ghosts of your past, to come back to your breath, to breathe in and out slowly, When I do it, I often like to place my hand on my heart and breathe in and out. And sometimes I'll even say to myself, Oh, my darling, my darling, you are safe now. You are loved. What if we tried it together? I invite you just to close your eyes. If you'd like, you can even place your hand on your heart. And breathe.
receive the Holy Spirit. Return to this most basic function of your life. You are here. You're safe. And you are loved. While that does not fix your problems, it does remind you that in this moment, you are enough. The last thing Jesus shares with his traumatized disciples is to forgive sins. And this, of course, warrants an entire sermon on what this does and doesn't mean. But I'll just say this. Forgiveness does not suggest or imply that what other people did to you was okay. In fact, forgiveness says the exact opposite. It says what you did was wrong, but I am letting it go. And I'm doing so so that I can be whole and in the hope that you might as well. Forgiveness isn't something that we do because we're told to. It's something that we do to find shalom. It's a gift that we give to ourselves and to those who hurt us. It's not an obligation. It's an invitation to find wholeness. And like everything else with trauma, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not one and done. Forgiveness is both a process and a goal. And the goal is peace, shalom, integration. We've all been wounded in our lives. Some wounds you can see, others are unseen. And the hope of the resurrection is that our wounds can heal and become scars. Part of our story, but no longer controlling our future. That's what God wants for us. All God has ever wanted for you is peace and wholeness. So know this, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, you are forgiven, you are loved, and that is enough. Let's pray. God of healing grace, Come and move through our locked doors into our places of fear and trauma. For we want to know peace. We want to know wholeness and integration. Speak tenderly to our wounds. Breathe your spirit of love on us that we might take your love into our lungs and know in our bodies that we are safe and we are loved. On this second Sunday of Easter, we bring to mind all those who are suffering. 
So hear our prayers on behalf of those who are exhausted by their lives. Those carrying heavy loads of grief, shame, anxiety. We pray for those who are afraid, trapped in small places, and small lives. We pray for those who are overwhelmed or depressed and cannot find joy. And we pray for those who are in need of resurrection but are stuck behind locked doors. And we pray for those who have been devastated by the tornadoes in Sullivan, Indiana and across the Midwest. And we think of the people of Ukraine and all those who are torn apart by the madness of violence. We pray for those we love close to us in need of your healing grace. For David and his son suffering back in chest pain and anxiety. For Andrea, for Jennifer, for Carmina and Ben as they travel to Europe, for a husband diagnosed with cancer, for Lori, who has two parents, both with terminal cancer. And we pray for recovery for Bob, for John for Susan. We pray for a grandson who needs prayers to get through the end of the school year. For a spouse in the hospital with stomach disorder. For a neighbor and friend who died suddenly this past week. For our two children as they fly back from Scotland on Tuesday. and for the family of Dorothy Grossman who passed away this week. God of hope, you resurrect us from the places of our despair, turning us towards your promise of peace. For these that we have prayed for, Lord, speak peace, breathe love and hope. As the season changes, help us to rejoice in the beauty that surrounds us. Help us to tend to the gifts that you abundantly provide. So healing God, hear our prayers of gratitude for the grace and support of loved ones, those who help us get through the day. For the joy of laughter and play and good fun. For your creation that awakens with springtime blooms and for opportunities to follow Christ in meaningful service. Lord, ground us in your good news. Return us to our breath and allow us to walk in the forgiveness that you have spoken. May our worship make us whole. As we pray in the words Christ taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.